Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Uh, 19 chapter 39 of Genesis we find these words Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her and so he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love I'm going to skip down to chapter 40, and you'll find this in your notes, beginning with verse 1. It says this, Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their master, and Pharaoh became angry with these two officials and put them in the prison where Joseph was in in the palace of the captain of the guard. And they remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. I'm going to attempt today, my brothers and sisters, to make sense of these scriptures. And by the end of this, I am pretty confident that you'll leave this place better than you came. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to stand before your people as your ambassador. Oh, God, more than anything this morning, I pray that I represent you with authenticity. God, I don't want to take anything from this word, which is so infallible, and I certainly don't want to add to it, but I do want to articulate it to the best of my ability. So, God, if you would, grant me that ability today. Let me represent you like never before. Let the image that the people see today be that resemblance close to you, and the voice be yours, God, for these are your words that you've chosen for a time such as this. Oh, God, bless these words in the matchless and wonderful name of Jesus. All those agreed said amen. Amen and amen again. Wow, I'm feeling pretty good. This this series, man, I promise you, I think I wrote this just for me. Because I find myself in a waiting room, you know, waiting for something to happen. I feel like things ain't happening enough. I look at all my own personal stuff. I look at my life. I want this. I want to be at a certain place in my own personal life, in my career, with my businesses much faster than I am. I, I, I want to be, uh, 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 I want this church to be at a certain place uh, much faster than it is. I, I want certain things to happen according to Broderick's timeline. And so I find myself in this waiting room just trying to figure it out. And so as I was going through these notes and we became and, and we put this series together, I thought about it. I said, you know what? There are different kinds of waiting rooms, right? If you think about it, when, the first thought we have when we think about a waiting room is being in a doctor's office. He says, get there at 10 o'clock, but you don't see him till 1130. Huh? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Or the waiting room called traffic. 
Y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all live in Atlanta. Come on, y'all know all about traffic if you live in Atlanta. That waiting room called traffic. Or if you went to a HBCU, that waiting room called registration. Come on now. Being in the gymnasium with the AC not work. Come on now. If you went to an HBCU, you know what I'm talking about. I think I got a couple people who remembers registration. And we didn't have the computer systems working all the time. Y'all know those waiting rooms. But I thought about it. I said, you know what? I'm, a, I'm an entertainer. I'm a musician. And sometimes, watch this, the waiting room is called a green room. And it's not a dismal place. As a matter of fact, as a musician, it's, the green room is a perfect place. As a matter of fact, as soon as you come and you do your sound check, they escort you to your waiting room in your green room. And normally, if you've submitted a rider, all the things you've asked them to supply for you is in there sometime, like just blue M&Ms and, you know, just the blue ones, no other color, please. Huh? With, 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 your, with, your, with your Fiji water, no, I, won't. I don't want the Publix brand. Give me the Fiji. That's on my rider. It's you signed the contract. Huh? If that, the green room is a perfect place for you. It's a place of preparation, a place to kind of woosaw and relax and get focused because you get ready to take the stage and you're going to light it up. Well, our current waiting room, wherever you are, is that same green room. It's a place of preparation, processing, focus, preparing you because when you are at the end of your waiting room, you are going to tear it up. At the end of it, you're going to turn this life that we call the, uh, here on earth, you're going to turn it and flip it upside down, but you have to go through the process. Today, I'm going to attempt to show you the life of Joseph and how he went through this process in the waiting room and what he did. Last week, if you were with us, we talked about being patient. This week, I want to talk about what you can do while you were in the waiting room, according to Joseph. Sometime later, according to Genesis 40, 1 through 4, sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, chief baker, offended their royal master. They had pissed Pharaoh off. Pharaoh became angry with them, sent them to prison where Joseph was, in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after Joseph. Let me tell you about this brother named Joseph. Joseph was a dreamer, right? He was a dreamer. He had, as a young child, he had these dreams. He shared them with his brothers. He got them upset, and what did they do? They had his butt shift off into slavery, Okay, so while he was a slave, uh, Potiphar's wife was there, and she saw him. She says, man, he is fine, and he is built. I want some of that. But Joseph, a man of great integrity, was like, uh-uh, no, no, you ain't going to mess this up for me. No, I, we ain't going to do that. So what'd she do? She lied on the brother, told a fib, said, Potiphar, that slave you got up all up in our house tried to touch me. And he was like, no, that's not true, master. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh-uh. Yes, he did. Uh-uh. Yes, he did. And Potiphar was like, listen, you do a great job as my slave, but brother, she cooked my meals, and we are happy. So in prison you go. Sent him to prison. So he's in prison. And while he's in prison, he's promoted, right? So here you have, watch this. Here you have these cupbearer right? And you have the baker. They are the closest to the man who's the ruler over this land. 
they have his ear. The cupbearer, right, tasted the food before it was served to Pharaoh just in case somebody tried to poison him. He was the butler. They had intimate conversation. They were kicking it. They weren't buzzed, but he had Pharaoh's ear. And, of course, the baker had regular conversations. So when you think of baker, you can't think of a person who just makes cakes during our time. No, the baker was the chief, the executive chef, right? So if Pharaoh said, you know what, hook me up some of them turkey wings and and some collards on the side with with smoked turkey necks and some yams, right, and and cornbread, it was the the baker that Pharaoh consulted with. If he was going to have a feast and was preparing the menu, it was the cup, the the, the baker that Pharaoh consulted with. These two high-ranking officials of Pharaoh's were placed in the same prison where uh, Joseph was, and Joseph was assigned to them. Now, last week I, t- I shared with you all, and I'm going to bring this all together. It's going to be really good in a minute here. Last week I shared with you all how a brother had to wait 25 years before God answered his prayers. That brother was Abraham. God told him, says, listen, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get your wife. I'm, I'm going to let you have a son. I'm going to hook you up. And he's like, cool. But it wasn't until 25 years later to that happen, Right? God is always on time. Let me tell you how long it took Joseph. 13 years before he became the prime minister of this great land. 13 years. Here's what happened in 13 years. Like I said earlier, sold into slavery by his brothers, right? Became a a higher ranking slave among them, right? Then after that, lied on by the guy's wife, right? then sent to prison. But even there, had favor, was promoted to a chief position in the prison. And then God does some amazing stuff and sends him people who has Pharaoh's ear. I'm going to tell you how this is all going to come together in just a minute here. Thirteen years before he sees his dreams that God gave him come true. Let me share some things. Joseph was uh, his father's favorite. We you, you, if you read the story, we'll see that he was a favorite. His father made him a nice robe and all that. He was treated unfairly. We all know that, right? He did all of these things. While he was in prison, what did he do? This is what we're going to talk about today. He served. He served while he was in prison. He served while he was in prison. Let me share this with you. Waiting on God is not license to be passive but it's a charge to be active. Here you have Joseph in prison. He had every right to be in this prison, an innocent man to feel some kind of way, as the young folks say. He could have been sour. He could have been a big sourpuss. He could have been just upset with the world. He could have been like, yo, I'm just going to stay in my corner, do my time, and mind my own. But no, that's not the attitude that Joseph took. Joseph, right in this prison, this waiting room of sorts, decided, I'm going to honor God and serve. How did he serve? This is the part I love. We're going to talk about that, but let me share this thing about Joseph. Joseph, you got to know this, and then I'm going to tell you how you can serve, but you got to get this part. This is important. Three things you need to know about Joseph. You got to get this because you got to model this. Watch this. Joseph was favored. Right? Watch this. 
In Genesis 37, 3, it tells us he was the favorite son of his father. Genesis 39 says he was a favorite slave. Genesis 39, 21 says he was a favorite prisoner. He was favored. Second thing, he was faithful. Nothing deterred him from what the from what God had in store. Nothing deterred him. He stayed focused. He was faithful. The third thing, he was focused. He was favored, he was faithful, and he was focused. The first note I want to share with you all today, how can you wait like Joseph? I want to read this scripture, and I'm going to tell you. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who did what? Who looked after them. Who looked after them. Now, the Hebrew word for this, this, this phrase, looked after them, is a word called sharath. Sharath. That should be in your notes. Sharath is a Hebrew word. It means to minister, to serve, to attend to. So, the first thing you must do, my brothers and sisters, to wait like Joseph, you must serve God and his people right where you are. You must serve God and his people right where you are. Last week, I shared with you all one of the hardest disciplines of the Christian life is patience. One of the hardest disciplines in Christian life is patience. Can I share this with you? I would say a close second to that is actually serving someone when you're going through some stuff. Can I be honest? Did I lie? I, the, the, the second close to that is serving somebody when you know you're about to uh, go through some mess. Serving somebody when the doctor gave you a bad report. Serving somebody when you just got a pink slip. Serving somebody when uh, the doctor says somebody in your family is hurting. Serving somebody when you know that uh, uh, you got more month than money left. A close second discipline. To patience is serving when you know you got your own mess. I think that Joseph qualifies for that. He in prison. Watch this. Watch this. Check this out. The cupbearer, the baker, they were sad. Joseph goes over to them. In this scripture, let me share this with you. This is so dope. Joseph goes over to them. He sees them sitting sad. He's like, hey, y'all, why, why y'all sad? Stop right there. I'm in prison. I don't give a dog on why you sad. I know why you sad, because you in here with me, and you want to be out there. Joseph knows in his mind, I know why you sad. Y'all had some high positions with the main man, and he got upset with y'all and kicked y'all up in here. But let me tell you something. Y'all don't have a right to be upset. He only mad with y'all for a season. Y'all going to get out of this joint. I don't know when I'm, if I'm getting out. I'm innocent. Y'all actually did something to piss y'all's boss off. I didn't do nothing. Homegirl lied. In the back of my mind, I almost wish I would have took it. Then I would have been, you know, I would have been justified. I'm, I'm sure Joseph said that. If he didn't, I would have. I'm like, Dad, I would have just made him. I mean, if I'm going to get in trouble, let's go ahead and do the doggone thing. Huh? I'm going to try to keep it clean. We got, we got little ears here. We got little ears here. Little ears here. 
they have a right to, I mean, Joseph has a right to be upset. But what he does is put his own desires to it, where, where he could be upset, he could be frustrated, he could be saddle boxing, kicking the wall. Urgh. He's innocent and serving time. But instead he says, yo, why y'all sad? And right there, he just transferred, <laughs> right there, he just transferred what he could have felt, that anger, that frustration, he just transferred that and, and, and offered faith to them. He served them. Right there, he just transferred what he could have been even feeling. He just transferred his frustrations that he could have been feeling, his confusion, his, his disdain toward the whole society and the world. His, he could be frustrated with God, but instead he transferred that and says, I'm going to serve these brothers while they're here, even though I know they're only here for a season. I don't know when my end is going to come. Why are you sad? Why? What's, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's, what's the deal, homie? What's the problem? They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of, a, of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them, who sharath them. He ministered to them. He took care of them. He, he, he listened to them. Genesis 40 says, he asked them, why do you look worried today? And this is where he really begins to serve them. If y'all recall, when Joseph was about 17, God blessed him with some dreams, told him he would rule over his brothers, he would rule over his mama and daddy and them. They didn't like that, of course, so uh, although he was favored by his daddy, he was hated by his siblings. I want to tell you something. This is just a sidebar. I'm going to give this one to you for free. When you are favored, people ain't going to like you. <laughs> when you are favored and you have a calling on your life, you ain't even got to tell many people about it. People ain't going to like you. They're going to look at you some type of way. That's, that's a sidebar. That's a free one we'll collect later on. Here it is, Joseph in prison, and this is where he begins to serve them. What's wrong? Now, he opens the, up the door and opportunity for me to serve you. He was a dream interpreter. And these brothers say, I had some dreams. And the brother, the cupbearer says, this is what my dream was. And Joseph interpreted it, but not Joseph. It was really God who interpreted it through him. And then the, the baker shares a saint, another dream, and he tells him what's going to happen. He served them with the gift that God gave him where he was. He didn't have to, but he chose to. Listen, our waiting room may feel bad, but our God is shown up good. We need to learn how to glorify God when the sun is shining and when the rain is falling. We need to look for ways to point others to him, even though our own hearts are breaking. Whoa, that's tough. I'm a witness. It's tough. It's tough. If he is the God of the mountain, he is surely the God of the valley. If God is indeed the God of the mountain, when we are up high and it's easy to glorify him, when it's easy to give him shouts of praise, when we are up high, the bills are paid and we got surplus, when we are up high, when the kids are doing fantastic in school, nobody got in trouble, when we are up high, when hubby is actually following the rules and picking up his draws and stuff, when we are up high and we get the promotion at work and we can praise him, we need to certainly learn how to do the same doggone thing while we are in the valley being processed. Because he's the same God on both sides. All right, I got off on a 
tangent there. So the first thing is serve God and his people right where you are. The second thing I want to offer to you all is embrace the weight with faith. Ooh, man, none of us don't like waiting. We don't like it. God, I've been, been praying this same prayer for about 15 years. God, I, I mean, my knees are bruised from saying this prayer. When is it going to turn around? Some of us take this attitude, and I just want to encourage you not to do that. Why me? Huh? For a long time in my life, I looked at life that way. Really? It can't possibly be a God that would let me go through this. Huh? Why does, why, why, why me? Why, why me? Why, why do I have to go through it? How come the person, listen, I got all the faith in the world. I pray, I read my Bible, things are going great. But how come that person don't even believe in God doing good? Why you bless them? Huh? Why, why, why they got it going on and not me? And I'm, I'm doing all the right things. Why me? I've, I've baited my hook with the, with the right type of bait. They say, if I put this type of bait on my hook, I'm a sure winner. But why haven't I caught anything yet? Why, why me? Brothers and sisters, don't take that attitude because 30 years from now, you'll still be wondering, why me? You don't have to ask God, why you? Ask him, okay, God, instead of saying, why me? God, if you would, while I'm in this season, while I'm going through the process, grant me the endurance to keep on going. Grant me the wisdom, as I shared with you all last week. You will have doubts. But you have to have doubts that honor and, and desires God's grace. In other words, God, my faith is a little bit shaky in this period of my life. But if you would extend just a little bit more faith and grace in me so that I can continue to fight. I know you're going to come through. I know it. I know it because you've done it before. But God, in this season, I need just a little bit more. Encourage me a little bit more. Send some people that are holding me up because right now, God, I feel like I'm falling down. I need thee now. And that type of doubt is the doubt that desires God's grace, desiring God's grace. We're going to all have our doubts. We're going to all have our moments. But embrace the faith, embrace the weight with faith. Let me share this scripture, Genesis 40, 6 through 8. I love Joseph and what he does here. This is incredible. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they were both that they both looked upset. And he says, "Why do you look so worried today?" He asked them, and they replied, "We both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business." Now we can read that and say, "Interpreting dreams is God's business." We can read it like that. That's how I read it. Interpreting dreams is God's business. But then I flipped it. I said, "No, no, 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 no. That's not how he's saying that." They have dreams. Nobody can interpret them. Joseph says, you know what? You're in the right place, baby, because interpreting dreams, that's what my God does. He's the man at that. You're in the right place. God's business is interpreting dreams. Now, tell me your dreams. Let me stop right there for a second. Because if I'm Joseph and I'm in prison I'm going through my life real quick. Somebody told me they got some dreams. First thing I'm doing is like pause. 
Last time I told some people about my dreams, it all led me to the place I'm at, I am now. I ain't going to say nothing. I'll be sitting there like, I know what to do, but you had some dreams, man. That's a shame. I'm, let me pray for you, brother. I ain't telling you about what I know dreams can do. Why? Because last time I did that, <laughs> these fools had me put in slave uh, and had me enslaved. So I'm not going to tell you, but not Joseph. Joseph, man, he just, this is what I'm talking about, faith. Joseph knows my faith in God, he will answer, your, he, he can interpret them, and I'm going to let him use me to do that. Let me tell you why he had faith. Can I, can I tell you why he had faith? Because when he was enslaved, he was a favorite among them. He was blessed. Even Potiphar saw that. Y'all don't believe me? I, I, y'all got that look like y'all don't believe me. If I may go to, to, the, to the Bible and, and, and share this with you, I think we find it here. In 39, chapter 1, I mean, yeah, verse 1, chapter 39. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Watch this. Second verse says this. Second verse. The Lord was with Joseph. So, because the Lord was with Joseph, he what? Succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of the Egyptian master. Okay, y'all ain't excited about that. Watch this. Potiphar, his master, noticed this and realized, didn't realize he was gifted. Mm -mm. He he, he didn't realize he was super talented. Mm -mm. He didn't realize that he was an overachiever. Uh -uh. He didn't realize he was a hard worker because they could have said that in the Bible. Let me tell you what Potiphar realized. Watch this. Woo, Potiphar. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. They could have easily wrote this Bible and say, Potiphar noticed that this duel did his job faster and more efficient than any other slave. They could have said that Potiphar noticed that this duel did that extra stuff when nobody asked. No, what Potiphar noticed was that the Lord was with him. How would he know that? Because this man was enslaved unjustly and he served his master well right where he was. As a slave, he was favored. Served his master. Listen, Joseph served right where he was. He served as a slave without complaining. He served as a prisoner without complaining. Wait till I get to the end and tell y'all what happened. Some of y'all know this because y'all are Bible scholars. I hear y'all watching the little screen and yelling and stuff at the screen. But we're going to see here in the end who knows how this ends. Joseph embraced the weight with faith. He had faith that God was going to bring him through. And then even in every little valley he was in, God was there. Because every valley he was in, he was promoted. I bet you he never saw no parts of the whip as a slave. He was in the house. Watch this. How many of y'all have ever seen a slave be over all of the estates? I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, Sam Jackson and Django. Unchained. <laughs> I even made William laugh. That was a good one. I'm not talking about that, you know, how he was over his master's stuff. No, 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 no. This brother was over the master's finances. 
he had access to the man's accounts, and he's a slave. Talk about favor and being placed in a position of authority even in your valley. Some of y'all are there right now but don't realize it because maybe you just complained a little. I don't know. That's what happened to me. Sometimes we get caught up in our own situation. We can't see beyond where we're at right now. We can't see beyond our mess, and we miss the message that God has sent, that we are placed in a position of authority because we're so caught up in the muck. We're so caught up in how my feelings are. God is bigger than your feelings. That's not Broderick. That's Scripture. That's Scripture, that Scripture. So, first thing is serve God and his people right where you are. Joseph did that. Uh, Embrace the weight with faith. Uh, Joseph also did that. Joseph also did that. Our duty while we're in a waiting room, my brothers and sisters, is to proactively seek ways to glory by God. You have to proactively. Y'all know, can, can, y'all know what proactive means? It means you, see, you can actively do it, but to be proactive is I'm intentional about glorifying God. So many of us just do that, you know. Oh, I'm going to praise you, God. I know things. Praise you, God. No, but an authentic prayer from the every depth of your heart to God when you are in your mess. Because he's the same God that just before your mess happened, you were blessed. The same God that provided that glory, (laughs) he's the same God that's going to bring you through this valley to give it to you again. He doesn't change. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. We just have to realize that. Be intentional about glorifying him while we are in this waiting room and begin to look at your waiting room as a green room or locker room where you're getting pumped up, you're getting prepared, you're getting charged, you're getting ready to bust through the gates and do the doggone thing. You're about to win this thing. Here's the third thing I want to share with you. Remember, (laughs) God is with you always. While you are in your waiting room, remember that God is with you always. I just want to say something to you. I've realized that that has really been the one thing that keeps me going. See, I can take all this other stuff, and yeah, it's good, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. You know, I, 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 it's good stuff to, 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 to you know, to, uh, <laughs> to embrace the weight with faith. It's good stuff to serve God and his people. But if I just throw that all aside and focus on that one thing, that God is with me always, that has helped me push through. When I've looked at the bank account and I'm like, man, the bank, uh, the, the, the money is due here, but the bank looks like this. I'm not going to make it. But God is with me all the way. And guess what? As soon as I change that attitude, I go to the mailbox. Thank you, Mr. Postman, for letting me meet my bills. Come on now. Am I the only one? I can't be. Am I in, some, am I in here with some people who, 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 who needed that right on time blessing to happen? God is with you always while you are there, when you want to get frustrated, when you want to be upset, when you want to say, you know what, doggone it, I quit. I'm going to start all over and do something totally different. When you want to do that, stop right there and remember God is with you always. Watch this. Genesis, let me tell you how he was with Abraham. I mean, uh, sorry about that, Joseph. 
Genesis 39, 2 and 3, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of Egyptian. He was with him when he was a slave. Genesis 39, 21, but the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed his faithful love, and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. He was with him while he was in prison. Then we find out in the end, He's in prison. He shares and interprets the dreams with these guys. And exactly what he said would happen when it happened through God whom he blessed, whom God blessed him, I should say, to interpret these dreams, happened exactly when and how he said it. The cupbearer, he made it. Three days, he was released. The baker, he was executed, just like Joseph said. What happened? Joseph said this to the cupbearer. When you are out of here, remember me. When you get out of this joint, remember me. This is all Joseph asked. Didn't know what his outcome was going to be. Joseph had no idea, really, if his dream was real in terms of being uh, a prime minister, if that dream would really pass. So far, there's been no evidence that it would happen, right? So Joseph, all he asked the cupbearer, remember me. Tell Pharaoh I'm an innocent man. I shouldn't be here. All I want is my freedom. Guy gets free, waits for two years. Pharaoh starts having dreams. Watch this. Ooh, I got excited when I read this. Pharaoh starts having dreams. He hires magicians. He hires sorcerers. He hires everybody in the land. Help me understand these dreams. And all of a sudden, the person that's got his ear, the closest man to him at the time, says, you know what? I failed you. I was in prison with this dude that interpreted some dreams exactly uh, how they happened, and we should get him. Pharaoh sends for him. He brings him. He interprets Pharaoh's dreams, tells him, okay, here's what's going to happen. He doesn't stop there. He says, but this is what you need to do in preparation for what's going to happen. What did Pharaoh do? This is a shouting moment right now. I'm excited. Pharaoh frees this guy and immediately puts him in authority over almost all the land. So watch this. Pharaoh is in charge. Second in charge. Second in charge. Joseph. He came out of prison in a higher position than the cat who, <laughs> who said he would tell Pharaoh. Watch this. If you don't believe it, it's in the Word. God can take you. From a hated child, a hated brother or sister, a disliked brother or sister can take you from that to becoming a slave, but a favored slave can take you from that to becoming a prisoner to a favored prisoner and then prime minister, only second in charge of the land. In other words, I dare y'all to believe God enough to take your behind out of these red pews that you're sitting in and be sitting next to President Barack Obama tomorrow. That's what happened. That's what happened literally. Y'all ain't shouting because y'all like, that can't possibly happen. <laughs> you can get right, not me. Hello, Josephs. Hello, Josephs and Josephines. Hello, Josephs and Josephines. If it happened to this man who didn't even know he would be prime minister of a land, doggone it, it can happen to you. Yeah. 
Just remember me when you get there. And remember Mosaic Church. Watch this. Not only did God tell him and show him that he's with them always, Jesus crucified, resurrected, comes to hang out with his disciples. Matthew 28, 18, 20. He says to them, when he comes back, he's resurrected, comes back, chill out with y'all for a minute. I got something I want to say with you. Watch this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands and that I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always. God shows him in the Old Testament, I'm with you. He promoted him even in his valleys because he was in a lot of valleys, as you can see. He promoted him. Then he finally made it where he was on top and God was still with him. Then we go to New Testament and his son is here on earth who came back. Like, let me tell you something. Go, make disciples of all the nations, baptize them, and I am with you always. I am with you always. While you are in your valley, more than anything else, remember that God is with you always. If you begin to have doubts, remember how he was with you when you were way up at the top. Remember how you prayed in that last minute. He showed up right on time. Remember that and give him the doggone praise and glory he deserves in that time the same way Joseph did. The story of Joseph began when he was just talking about the descendants of his father. But then they, they say, hold on, let me stop and tell you what happened through his life and I'll show you how the Israelites were blessed and how their numbers were more than double throughout the lifetime. Final thing, and we're going to wrap it here and prepare ourselves to receive this Holy Communion. You may be in a low place right now, but remember that God's calling for your life is high. It looks dark. It looks, it's, you're not happy where you are, but your calling is high. Don't think about your low spot. Joseph, closing point, Joseph is so unique because here's where it is. Joseph never saw himself as a victim. He saw himself as a victor just waiting to receive his liberty. Never see yourself as a victim because you are in a valley. You are victorious. The fight is fixed. We've already won. It's declared in the New Testament. You already won. You're just waiting for your liberty. But watch this. You're waiting because you are in process. At the end of your wait, you become stronger, wiser, better equipped, better prepared to take on the next challenge in life. You become better. Anybody in here found themselves waiting before, came out of your wait and found yourself in a worse predicament? Absolutely not. You came out knowing something better, even if all you knew was not to do that again. <laughs> Psalms 105 tells this great story. 
This is a beautiful hymn. David's trying to encourage a group of people, particularly the Israelites here. You go to 105, verses 17, 22, says this. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them. Joseph, who was sold as a slave, they bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams or his words, God's words. The Lord tested Joseph's character. Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. Joseph was put in charge of all of the king's household. He became ruler over all the king's possessions. He could instruct the king's aides as he pleased and teach the king's advisors. God took this man. And put him in a place. While you're in your waiting room, I just want to say something. I want to go back to this one part. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them. We look at the story of Joseph. And the first thing we see, and I said it earlier, his brothers had him enslaved. Then he sent someone to Egypt. This valley, this point, this waiting room, this holding period, this whatever you want to call it you're in, is part of God's plan of process for you. Stop complaining. Stop your whining. Put your big boy drawers and big girl panties on. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.